Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 309. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. And welcome to the MCAT podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week. As always, I'm joined by our fabulous co-hosts and sponsors, Blueprint MCAT, and one of their amazing live online tutors. We finished up Think Like a MCAT Pro last week. This week, we're jumping into the head game, the head game of the MCAT. This is where I think the score is, is made, right? You have to understand that the MCAT is a big, giant game that is trying, you, trying to freak you out to get inside of your head and the better that you can be at this head game, the better your score can be. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Before we jump in, though, make sure you go check out blueprintmcat.com and all of their amazing free resources, right? We do this MCAT podcast for free for you every week. Blueprint has tons of other amazing free resources for you. Go check them out at blueprintmcat.com. Hunter, welcome back to the MCAT podcast. Hello, my crazy, crazy blueprint MCAT instructor, tutor, all things extraordinaire. All around, just swell individual. Hey, man, how's it going? <laughs> uh, all around, good guy. What's going on? Um, we're oh, here chill for- and Max and relaxing, all cool. <laughs> yes, we're here for another episode of the MCAT podcast. Um, sometimes called the Show Tunes podcast. Uh, but yeah, let's let's hang out today. I'm super down. Are we singing show tunes? What are we talking about? <laughs> no, we're not. We're not. Uh, we did that pre pre game. So uh, we're talking about the head game of the MCAT and how to get into the right headspace. I see questions all the time. Oh my gosh, my test is two weeks out. I'm freaking out. Oh my gosh, uh, my kid's test is next week. The parents are freaking out. Um, Let's talk about how to make sure that we're all kumbayaing at the right time to make sure that we're walking into our Pearson Testing Center with the best possible game plan, headspace, whatever, because that's a big part of this this MCAT score. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's not just a big part of it because, like, there's literally a psych section, right? Um, it's, it's outside of that section, too. There's a lot of psychology and other stuff that goes into the MCAT. Um, and it's really, it's really, it's so, we're like thread and needle here, you know, from like, from space or something like that, because you want to be in the right headspace where it's like, I'm motivated and I'm a proper amount of stress, right? Cause you can't make a dime without a little bit of pressure. You need just a little bit of motivator, but like, you don't want to be overwhelmed and freaking out and super anxious 
especially like the closer you get to your actual test date, the more that kind of ramps up. And then like, it can be this really bad feedback loop. If like, you know, maybe you get a practice test back and it's not super great. Then you start panicking. And then because you're panicking, the next one's even worse. So like, it's, it's a lot to juggle, especially when you get a lot closer to your actual test date for sure. Yeah. So what is the first thing to do? Let, let's say a student is kind of a month out from their test date and they're starting to feel that pressure. Maybe they're full length exams, assuming they're taking blueprint MCAT full length exams and, and switching over to double AMC right about now a month out. Their, their full length exams are maybe plateauing and they're starting to stress out and they're starting. Sh- I, I, I've been seeing the, the, the posts in Facebook right now. Should I push back? Should I not? What, what does that headspace look like a month out? Yeah, I, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna even do you one better. Right? I'm gonna push it back even further than that. Like, forget one, one month out. Let's go, let's go five months out to the very beginning of someone's prep journey. Right? Like, there, there's a lot of headspace that we need to get into as soon as we start prepping. Just to understand, like, kind of what we're getting into for the next, you know, four to six months. Right? Um, and one of the things that I tell my students, it's, <laughs> it's this really, it's this really interesting relationship that you need to have with getting things wrong, especially in the very beginning, um, way back in the day before I had gray hair, when I first, you know, graduated from college, my first job was, um, I wanted to do a gap year. And so I started working for a nonprofit science center and I worked with kids. Right. Um, and I would teach these kids that the word fail was an acronym F A I L. It was your first attempt in learning. Right. And so like, be okay with falling on your face, be okay with getting things wrong. Um, and that's like the first like headspace thing that I really encourage my tutoring students to get into as soon as we begin, because like, you you're going to get a lot of things wrong over the next six months and it hurts. Right. And if yeah. like we let it hurt us a lot every single time, then a, we're probably not going to be learning much from it because we're focused on, oh, I got it wrong instead of like, what can I you know learn from this and how can I grow? Um, and it's just going to suck. Like our brains are really good at self-preservation. If something hurts over and over and over again, we kind of start to distance ourselves from it. We don't want to do it. And then it just makes prepping, you know, and s- sitting down for three hours even harder. So that's honestly the first thing I, I tell my students is to, <laughs> to kind of have this like pseudo masochistic relationship with like getting things wrong and be like, ouch, thank you. May I have another? And like, yay, I'm learning. So yeah, that's kind of the first thing that I'm going to tell my students. Yeah. It, it's interesting. As you were saying that, I was like, I wonder if there could be like a, a setting on blueprint MCAT's platform where students are taking these full length exams where you can, you can turn on a setting that's like, and I understand how this sounds, right? Like don't hurt my feelings. Right. Don't tell me. (laughs) Don't tell me the answers I got wrong and the answers I got right. Tell me the answers where I need to learn some more and tell me the answers where I might need to learn some more. (laughs) Right. Yeah. 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 I'd be into it. It'd be a softer way to essentially get to the same goal, which is, you know, it's this introspective. I missed something wrong. Why did I miss it wrong, et cetera? Or why did I miss it? What am I doing wrong? How do I need to change the way that I think, et cetera? So, yeah, I 100% agree with you because, like, sometimes, man, it just, just MCAT feels like it's beating us up, right? And we need to we need to win every once in a while. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's the first thing. Get in the right headspace of like we're gonna take some L's. That's okay, and it's part of the process, right? And we're gonna over the course of like what we're talking about right now, getting into the the headspace. The closer you get to test day, I'm gonna bring up this idea of like it's part of the process, like several times, because um, it's it's a long process. And like I talk about you know the the timelines and the right way to prep and plan for it all the time. But when you're actually in it and you're going through it, and even if somebody who's done it a hundred times, like yours truly, 
is sitting there going like, don't worry, this is how it's supposed to go. Yeah. Like you can still freak out and it's still like, it's not fun getting questions wrong. So yeah. yeah or yeah. getting questions where you need to learn some more. Yeah. 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 That's what it is. I didn't get it wrong. <laughs> I just need to learn from this. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I like that rephrase. So yeah. <laughs> See, and it's all about rephrasing. Right? It's, it's, it's the lessons learned journal. It's all perspective. It's all perspective. All right. So that's, that's five weeks out. What about? Yep. Four, oh, get out three, of here five months out. Five weeks five, out. It's five, a yeah, whole five, other set five of months work. out. Yeah, five months out. Um let let's let's narrow down. Let's go to the next big yep. phase. So the next big phase after that, you're probably done some studying. You've uh started to take a couple full lengths, right? And usually like the first round of full lengths is where maybe some anxiety kicks in. Um I've done my diagnostic and now I'm doing, you know, pulling from one, pulling two, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you might see some gains, you might plateau. Uh, and by the way, if you're plateauing, that's that's another thing that can just immediately cause anxiety. And this is this is really from like month eh, one ish because you don't want to take a full length right away. So month one all the way up to, you know, month four or five. Right. Um, depending on what your prep plan looks like. So if you're plateauing, that alone is enough to mess with some people's psych like psychology and like psychological well-being right, and our mental health, because it's like oh no, what am I doing, right? Like I'm stuck and now I'm in this rut and I can never get out of it. And like, what do I do? And you start kind of floundering or worse, you just don't do anything different at all and you stay at your plateau, right? So that's that's what I would say is probably like the next big anxiety inducing phase, if you will, <laughs> is, is the plateau. It happens to everyone at some point or another. You hit it and you're like, what the heck do I do from here? Yeah, so what do you do? <laughs> good question um <laughs> we're, well, we're all thing, gonna hit it how do how do we handle it is it is it just a matter of uh, oh i have no uh, idea you're on your own with that one <laughs> like i i almost think of uh i i don't know if you've heard and i don't know i think this is true the the like the buffalo versus a cow and what they do in thunderstorms when the storm's rolling through the prairies the buffalo run into the storm because they know that running in the um the opposite direction into the storm will make the storm last less, right? They're, they're, mm -hmm. they're going to get through it. And the cow's like trying to plot away from it and they're just stuck in it longer <laughs> and longer. Um, is it like, does that elicit any sort of uh, visuals for you? Oh, plenty of visuals. Let me tell you what, like, yeah, I mean, I'm like home on the range right now. Um, you're speaking to my Southwest Arizona heart. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I do kind of, I, I appreciate what you're, where you're coming out with from this. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when it comes to the plateau, <laughs> and like, you know, the, the, the plains, if you will, the mesa or the buffalo row, um, I always tell my students one big thing, because it's like a really big blow, especially if you're trying and you think you're improving, you think that you're studying, like, what the heck, I know my content better now than I did a month ago, why is my score not improving, right? And it can just be super demoralizing, especially if it feels like I'm doing all this work for nothing, right? That just like sucks. So Really what I tell my students when it comes to plateaus is like, A, it's not an indicative that like your intelligence has capped. And I think that's the first thing that my students like you, you I want them to understand because that can play a huge role in like their mental health. And yeah. Stuff, which they're, they're just like, this is my ceiling. Alone. Yeah. 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 And like, that's not the case at all. Right. Yeah. Um, what, what I tell my, it's kind of <laughs> whatever I'm, I'm shooting all the, I'm shooting from the hip and, and just like going rogue here. It's like the MCAT itself. Like I tell my students like the MCAT, it's not, especially if we get like a bad score back or something like that. Um, it's not indicative of like a student's intelligence. It's not a good predictor of, you know, success in med school. It's like, how well can you play the game and take the MCAT, right? Um, I don't think that's like a super big secret for a lot of people. And when it comes to 
plateauing, it's kind of the same thing. Like that's not an indicator that like you have hit your ceiling. It's not that you've capped with your intelligence or like what you're capable of. It's the way you've been studying has capped essentially. Like now we need to start mixing it up, right? Have you just been like essentially learning your content, reviewing modules that Bluebird has that are fantastic ways to learn your content. It breaks up three hour lectures and 10 minute little videos. And it's very cool. Anyway, so there's our plug for our modules. Um, yeah, if you've just been doing modules and reading textbooks and stuff, it's time to mix it up, right? Do some cue banks, do some applied practice. You've been doing a lot of applied practice and doing discrete after discrete after discrete. Maybe we need to practice passages and hit figures more, right? So that's the big thing when it comes to the plateau is don't let that psych you out and feel like, okay, this is the most that I can achieve, period, yada, yada, yada. It's just now we need to test, try something else out and come at it from a different angle, really. Yeah. Okay. What is So the- that would be like yeah. month after like month two to four, anytime in there is when that can happen. Okay. Let's talk about what the definition of a plateau is. Because I had a yeah. student yesterday who posted on Facebook who said, hey, I have like uh, from diagnostic to, to blueprint full length five, a 496, a 501, a 498, a 500, a 499, and then double AMC um uh scale or unscaled test and double mc full length one a 496 and a 498 to me that's not a plateau yep. to me that student hasn't figured out anything about the mcat yet not to say yeah, they won't, I mean, it, but they just haven't figured out the test yet yeah that one that one's interesting because it's it is bouncing up and down from like five points right like and it, there's kind of a gap and a variation Normally, like a plateau, I'll see. So, so I'll see some of my students, and if it's like we start pretty low with our diagnostic, right? And usually, that's just because that's before we do any kind of prep, any kind of studying. Of course, we're going to do poorly. That's the point of the diagnostic is kind of be like, hey, this is what it would be like right now. Let's use this as a baseline and improve. Um, so yeah, if 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 you're bouncing all over the place like that, um, normally I would say that there's something else that's going on. If we're sub 500, my first inkling is like, hey, it's content, right? Like we're not super strong on our content. And that kind of makes sense because every MCAT tests different content. And it seems like the student is getting lucky on some of them and not getting lucky on the other ones, right? Getting what <laughs> unlucky, if you will. Um, so that's normally what I would say there. Once you're above 500, then it's it's less like the content you don't know. And there's just things that like don't make sense. And it's it's all the other things that go into the MCAT, all of the skill-based things, the critical thinking aspect of it, et cetera, et cetera. So for that in particular student, I would say like, hey, this seems like we've got some big swings going from like, you know, mid 490s to breaking 500, which is awesome. That's an achievement for a lot of us. It's like, yes, we're above 500. Great. But then we drop back down. My first thing would just be like, hey, is it the content? Like, are we getting really unlucky with like chunks of content back there? So that's what I would say for that student. Yeah. For another student, for instance, actually, I was dealing with this with one of my students earlier this week. Um, it is 100%, ignore the dogs in the background, sorry. <laughs> it is 100%, um, a plateau would be like, you know, we've got mid 490s, we finally break 500, we're at 503, and like, we've got these great upward trends, but then we literally just go like 503, 504, 503, 505 maybe, and we're just like staying right there. That can be really, really stressful when we kind of like, our upward trend stops and we just kind of start to plateau out, right? Like that is the dreaded score plateau. Um, And that can be really, really stressful for a lot of students, right? It's like, especially because at this point, we're probably three, four full lengths in it. 
we're probably past the halfway mark and like test day is coming up and now we're like oh great i'm done growing like this is it i can't get any better than that so yeah that can be a really really stressful moment for students okay all right uh let's talk like two weeks three weeks four weeks out getting down to crunch time yeah and this is where um (laughs) trusting in the process when I was talking about the beginning that's where this comes back into play right because a lot of the times um and I've said this before and I'm going to say it again to a lot of my students the end of our prep journey typically looks like I mean there's some there's some falling scattered throughout the whole thing we got like you know several months of it but then at the end we really encourage people to pivot completely to AMC materials uh which you get included for free anytime you enroll with blueprint in any of our courses (laughs) haha Um, but yeah, we say switch over to all your AMC materials at the very end of your prep. And the last like four or five weeks are literally a full length a week. Like you take a full length on Saturday, review it on Sunday, Monday through Thursday, guided from whatever your weaknesses were on that previous exam, you review it and then rinse and repeat the next Saturday. Right. A lot of gains happen at that last month. Like a lot of gains because like you are essentially a test taking machine. And like, I've seen students in the very last month of their prep jump up like, 5, 10, 15 points in just like four weeks, right? And yeah. usually the only way that happens is, is if you spend four or five months before like laying the groundwork for this so that like once you finally start grinding full lengths, you actually know what the heck you're reading. You know how to handle it. You like are able to actually like, you know, essentially rock the MCAT as opposed to just diving in immediately. So <laughs> yeah, um, but, but to clarify, it's not yeah. just taking the test, right? Oh, no, no, no. It's taking and then reviewing. Like the review, (laughs) taking the exam is just the, it's the step that you have to do in order to let you review it. It's like the French fries so you can eat the ketchup. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. It's (laughs) it's just an edible, like every McNugget is just an edible spoon. That's all that it is. Um, So, yeah, no, you're 100% right. And like the, the issue, and like that's awesome that students have these huge gains at the very end, right? The problem is, is that it's super scary because a lot of the times we hit a plateau or we see like not minimal, but not the huge jumps in score that we want up until this point. And then now we're four weeks out from test day and your tutor is going like, don't worry. Like, I still think you're going to hit your goal score. Trust in the process. Like you've got four more weeks and you're going to see good score increases over the next four weeks. And they're sitting there going like, ah, if you say so, man, like, and they're freaking out. So that I think is kind of the hardest part of this whole process is the process is like, trusting in yourself that if you do lay like the groundwork and foundation then you can just like springboard at the very end and a lot of people see growth yeah okay just stressful man Stressful. (laughs) the last week the last week where should a student be headspace wise (sighs) okay last week uh last week is actually kind of interesting um i do i do some i do some psychological manipulation with my students let me tell you what um the last week is all about the students. It's all about y'all who are listening to this, right? So um, treat yourself, <laughs> treat yourself, right? Just full stop, period. Um, be nice to yourself. And like what that looks like in an MCAT prep perspective is um, it's kind of counterintuitive, but a lot of the times, unless there's a specific need that I need to address with a student, the end of their prep, so like the very last week, Instead of going, all right, what am I weakest in? What am I the worst in? Oh, God, I need to fill in my content gaps and and prep and I'm stressed. I tell my students to completely switch gears. And for the last like four, five, six days, just review their strengths. 
So they've probably for the past four weeks been doing a full length, reviewing it, covering their weaknesses, rinse and repeat, right? can be kind of demoralizing if you're doing nothing but focusing on your weaknesses and like the things that you're getting wrong or um <laughs> or we say it earlier the, the things that we can learn from yeah uh, <laughs> but uh but yeah usually i recommend like hey switch to your strengths a because you probably haven't reviewed them in quite a while right because we've been focusing on weaknesses um and like the worst thing in the world would be the things that you know we should be good at and we just like miss them because we haven't reviewed it in like two three weeks so review your strengths because it's probably been a while. Also, it's just like a nice little like morale and confidence booster. And like confidence is king on the MCAT. Like I cannot tell you how important it is to walk into that test center. E- even if you don't feel like you're 100% prepared, because nobody's going to feel like they're 100% prepared. Yeah, no, never. Um, but like walking in there knowing like I put in the work and like, yeah, I'm going to rock this test. I'm going to beat the crap out of it. It's I'm going to take the test. It's not going to take me, right? That's the most important thing. And like, <laughs> A lot of the times you walk out of there not feeling super confident, but like the important thing is to walk in there confident. Yeah. And honestly, I almost I think that it's like an inverse relationship. The the less confident you are leaving, the better your score is. <laughs> so um so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 kind of an interesting thing. Every time that I well, I mean, I literally walked out of my testing center and thought that I bombed it completely and then lo and behold, ninety nine percentile. So like yeah, yeah, it just goes to show like trust in the process, even if you're like, oh, oh, oh like go through it. Try not to freak out too much and like, yeah, you see how it goes. Yeah. Have fun with it. (laughs) Have fun. And then what about the headspace after? I think everyone talks about the headspace leading up to the MCAT. There are a lot of emotions. I, we, we need to define. We, we have like postpartum depression. We have a definition after after giving birth. We, we need a post MCAT definition for, for the emotions that go on. Should I keep oh, yeah. studying? Did I bomb it in the middle of it? Should I avoid it? Should I avoided it after? Um, how should a student deal with all of those emotions? And, and should they should they bottle them up and go, it's okay, but I'm not going to think about it for a month until I get my score back? Or should they go, oh, yeah, I don't think I did very well, so I'm going to keep studying and go register for another test? Yeah. Um, man, good questions, right? So honestly, when it comes to post-MCAT depression, PMD, it is absolutely a real thing. And I warn almost all my students about it. In fact, my last piece of homework for most of my tutoring students is um, – I I want I want uh, I want to see a, a like a, a commercial for it. Like, are you suffering from PMD? <laughs> <laughs> Do you no longer find joy in the things that you used to like? <laughs> not, not to joke about mental health, but I think that'd be pretty funny. Oh no, but it's it's super real. It's yeah. super real. Um, I mean, honestly, even like somebody who kind of like you know, as an individually in my personal life, like kind of struggle with that kind of stuff, right? So like, if you're if you're prone to it, it you're even more susceptible, but. Even people who like have never had any issues with depression or anything like that in their entire life, like post MCAT depression is super real. Yeah. Um, like I told you, like I walked out of my MCAT feeling like I literally bombed it. Like I thought that I was a 485, like straight up. And like, I did not come out of my bedroom for about three days other than to like <laughs> go to the kitchen and use the restroom. Yeah. And then I went right back to the bedroom. Yeah. Um, and honestly, it took like three days for my friends to go like, okay, man, enough of this. And they'd like rip me out of my room and like force me to go do something. So that honestly is my, my piece of my last piece of homework for my tutoring students that I say is like, okay, cool. Last thing I want you to do is before your MCAT, make plans with friends or family the immediate few days afterwards, like it. whatever it is, go see a movie with your friends, go to the park, like whatever. Right. So that's like the first thing, because 
even if you're in the 99th percentile, you're going to walk out of there feeling like feeling like you got beat up. Okay, so yep. distract yourself for sure. Um, to answer your question about like, you know, what should I do? Should I keep studying? Should I should I not think about it and bottle it up inside, et cetera, et cetera? That one kind of it varies, right? Because like it, it's not a fun thing to think about, but like in, inevitably some students are going to have to retake, right? Like it just it's part of the game. Sometimes some of us do, some of us don't. Um, it's really hard to tell just walking out of your MCAT, if you're going to be happy with your score. Like I said, nobody is really super stoked when they leave. Um, and anecdotally, the worst thing is like a lot of us that feel really confident when we walk out, like that's when we're kind of disappointed. And then a lot of us that are like, oh man, I did terribly, like we're pleasantly surprised, right? So it's all over the place. Yeah. Um, I would say, honestly, the best advice for like, should I, should I out of sight, out of mind, and I'll think about my score when it comes in the mail, or like, should I hit the ground like and just keep prepping? It's checking with yourself and like you're you're honestly this is gonna sound almost cliche, but check in with your mental well-being and like can you handle it? Like if you need a break, which is totally understandable. This is for the most part one of the most stressful uh things in our academic careers to this point. Um <laughs> it's the worst thing in the world yet. <laughs> so far. <laughs> um, Thanks, Homer. But honestly, check in. <laughs> yeah, right. Check in with yourself. Like, can I do uh, you know, can I immediately hit the ground and just keep prepping? Cause I think I'm going to have to retake. Uh, or even if I do think I'm going to have to retake, do I need to take a couple weeks and just like not think about it for a bit and like recharge. And that's totally fine too. If you take a month off while you're waiting for your score, it's not like the four months of prep that you did previously just vanish. Like yeah. you still have it. Sure. There might be some cobwebs that you need to brush off and like do some practice on, but yeah, you know, it, it's absolutely okay to, to take a couple weeks in order to, essentially recover from the MCAT. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. How, how much in the Blueprint MCAT online course, live online course, is this kind of mindset and, and thought process talked about? Oh, all over the place, honestly. So one of the cool things, um, oh man, hold on a second. I, I Let me just switch on my Blueprint mode. Um, and I promise I'm not a shill. Like I totally work for Blueprint, but like I, I genuinely do enjoy the course that we have, right? Um, and we have like these, like, <clears throat> not just like content modules, but like strategy modules that talk about the way to think about things and the way to approach stuff and like where you should be at in your headspace and stuff. So yeah, I mean, we've got a bunch of stuff in there. And honestly, that's also one of the things that I love about being like a live online instructor is, you know, it's me and 25, 30 students hanging out and I'm with them for 16 weeks of their entire journey, like four months, essentially, um, barring any holidays where we skip a week or something like that. But um yeah, it's essentially four months of the prep and like it, there's there's peaks and valleys, you know, and like I'm right there with them and my, my co-teacher is right there with them. And we can basically just go like, all right, y'all. So your homework from last week to this week was, you know, it, your first AAMC full length. Like, how did that go? And, you know, some people are celebrating, but some people aren't. And like, you know, you could just be there for your students. So that's really nice, too, about being just in a live cohort with with other people that are going through the same thing as you. Like, I think that's really, really important. I mean. Blueprint in general thinks that it's really important. All of our live online classes, like the students get enrolled in like a Discord channel so that we can kind of have like study buddies and partners. Because for the most part, like I would say the majority of my students, unless, you know, you're coming from a family of doctors and stuff like that, like we're kind of, I don't know, there's not a lot of people in our personal lives that like know what it's like to go through this process. Yeah. And I mean, I was, I was the only science major in my fraternity when I was in college. So I was sitting there <laughs> teaching OCHEM to a bunch of business comm boys, you know? So like, it's, it's, it's kind of not alienating, but like, it can be kind of isolating unless you have yeah. like a good support group and stuff like that. So 
we friends, have, family. We or, have found the same thing yeah, with it, Application Academy. Just that group environment is is just huge. So it's so good. Not just yeah. for like honestly for the outcomes, right? Because you get to brainstorm and like you know you just put everything in a in a pot and like you know just the best ideas boil to the surface. But also for your mental health and just yep. you know having someone to vent to is so good. All right, so there you have it, a Blueprint MCAT podcast episode 309 it's amazing 309 episodes all here for you every single week hope you have a great week we'll see you next time here on the mcat podcast this is med ed media